G'day and welcome to Runners Radio. I am your host, Rick Mirabella, and today, a bit of a different episode of the Coach's Corner. Now, normally we have experts on talking about subjects, be it Lukey McElroy or Dr. Stephen King. Today we've got Stephen King's founding partner of the Injury Rehab Centre in Melbourne here, and the Movement Assessment Technologies, which is going gangbusters, and it is the first of its kind worldwide. We welcome him here today on a bit of a different journey. He will be touching on, obviously, lots of expert subjects, but today it's a little bit more about him, which, looking at him, I reckon he doesn't mind a bit. I welcome Andrew Lemon. Thank you for having me. Do, we, do I say Rick or do I say Richard? Uh, you can do I say, say Diego? You can, say, what what it, you can okay. say whatever you say. No. Um, Kingy's gone down that route before yeah, as well. So I, he told me that he Very did, low-hanging so. fruit yeah. everywhere. See, it, I just give these boys so many opportunities to have a go. He, do, he doesn't have a high class of, uh, you know, humor. King, he always so goes... We'll, we'll bring it up a level, I think. He always goes... He goes very lowbrow. Yes, yes. Always goes for the easy targets, which is fair enough. Me and Kingy are both... Look at there. Lemo's got us on camera. Me and Kingy are both five foot six um, on our tippy toes, so we do have to go that low-hanging fruit. But if you're looking on the camera now, Lemo's more your six foot two type of European variety, just looking very attractive as we speak. You're very calm. And his hair is sitting beautifully. But Lemo's got a very different story on the podcast today to some of the normal experts. He's an athlete in the past, but as always with business um, comes responsibility. In the last four or five years, as it happens, he's obviously dropped away a little bit with that kind of stuff, buddy, and as I have as well. Yeah, I think, look, I mean, it's it's a typical story, isn't it? You know, uh, you kind of pursue a passion, a project in the form of business, and, of course, life probably gets a bit out of balance. And some of those passions that are usually sporting and usually activity-based are the things that are the first to go. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the, uh, the story now is that I've kind of uh i've thrown myself back in the other end i'm, I'm kind of more on the the patient or the uh the client side now and uh and actually looking to take part in my first marathon this year i've done a little bit of running you know previously but uh nothing up on the uh big marathon uh big marathon distance so tell us mate i've known lemo for about six years and always been such an amazing professional to work with we share like definitely in the in the um over 100 patients together with his athletic background I knew he'd, he'd done a bit of sport but because he's always been so intensely working this when I when he texted me about this marathon I um I was stoked and I was definitely shocked because I just didn't know you had the time to train tell us the where it all began with this marathon talk and then we'll get into what you'll be doing over the next seven or eight months so Melbourne listeners Melbourne marathon as we sit here today is about nine months away so I guess uh, my background is, uh, from a sporting sense, is I've always actually done uh, a bit more endurance-based sport. I mean, if you look at me, I'm, I'm not kind of built like the proverbial uh, brick whatever, but, uh, but have usually been okay, the endurance-based activities. I was a rower, uh, mostly as, as a lot of my sporting time, and I spent a lot of time coaching rowing as well. Um, and, you know, found that, Running was something that I was okay at, not necessarily, you know, competitively, but uh, kind of enjoyed it as well, particularly when I had the opportunity to be fairly one-paced in, in my approach. And look, and it's something that I've, you know, done, uh, you know, more from a recreational and a fun standpoint. It helps keep keep you fit as well, which is always a, always a good thing. And uh, look, probably previously, like in terms of fun runs, you know, I've, I've done anywhere up to a half 
uh, marathon a couple on a couple of occasions. But you know, as you kind of mentioned, of course, these things kind of fall by the mm. wayside, and it's probably been a good, uh, a good three or four years, you know, since I was really kind of running uh, consistently and and decent enough distances that you know I felt like um, you know I could kind of go out and have it have a good crack. But it wasn't until uh, recently. Now I've got um, two younger sisters, and one of them. Uh, recently got engaged, which uh, we were all very, very happy about, to a guy that I've known for a while. Um, and basically, he's been getting into a bit of running himself. And the challenge was thrown down by this young upstart that he was <laughs> going to take me at the marathon and, uh, and there was nothing that I was going to be able to do about it. So, of course, being a proud man and, uh, and one that couldn't let, you know, some new buck, you know, come into the herd and, and kind of establish dominance, uh, obviously this is something that I'm taking very, very seriously. And as I've kind of highlighted to him, I'm going to use every resource that I have available, which includes great minds like yourself, uh, to make sure that not only am I going to beat him, but it's going to absolutely demolish his will and uh, and probably just establish myself as the alpha male of the family forevermore. It's funny you said alpha male because it's all I was thinking the 90 seconds, the last 90 seconds of that conversation. I love this. Look, there's nothing wrong with a bit of friendly banter between now family members. So that is fantastic. We, when you were talking about your last four years, I was pretty keen for the listeners to take that on board because... You've been so engrossed in all aspects of both companies for and travel. Bloody oath, these guys travel a lot. If you remember Stephen King's episode, all around the world with their with their movement assessment technologies. Now, I tell you what, Lemo has always looked fit, but he never talks about himself as much as he's taken the piss a bit now. He really doesn't. So I had no idea about the rowing, and we've had many social nights together. I didn't know about any of that. So VO two and all that stuff, lactate thresholds, obviously been quite high in the past to be able to compete and Brighton Grammar yes yep, which is a very um, very good rowing and sporting school so to be in that APS you've got to be quite strong anyway um, I tell you what coming from that background gives me a bit more insight Lemo when he decided to run what's your running been like as far as your longest run in the luck because I want the listeners to go into this because this is what a marathon I get lots of emails and phone calls and obviously local local people as well in Melbourne here the marathon's obviously this this amazing thing that people want to do, and it's my, one of my favourite distances. Uh, probably 10K and the marathon, I know they seem very different, but to coach and to compete in. But the marathon's a pretty beautiful distance, that 42.195. It holds a pretty big mystique for many, and I think me and Lemo would both agree that. But I feel like I get a lot of emails across my desk from people that might not have even ran for five, ten years, or as getting back into sport after team sport and might have had five years out of the game. No doubt in your game it's exactly the same because often I send them to Lemo for, to build their robust bodies first. Tell me about your last six, eight, ten weeks before that conversation at Christmas. Was there any running? Mate, none. Yeah. Absolutely zero. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. So now with someone like Lemo, he works, he's got a weights room, really nice weights room set up at his clinic. Tell me about your last six to eight weeks after you've known about this bet, and then I'll probably lead you on about what some of the stuff we're going to do in 2019, leading him up to his specific phase. Well, I think, I mean, the first thing for me is that, I mean, having a, a very acute understanding of the danger of, uh, you know, people setting a goal, 
and just jumping straight into it way too hard. I'm, I'm very acutely aware that that is not the way to go about things. So in the last little bit since we've since we kind of chatted and I and you know probably highlighted the fact that this was a goal that I was going to uh, have a crack at. You know there has been a little bit of running, but really uh, you know small distances here. I mean we're kind of doing maybe three k runs. Uh, and it's maybe once or twice a week. There was a good period there where um, I was hanging out with a good friend of mine up in Sydney. We were living the Sydney best life, you know, go and go for a run down to the harbour and go for a swim in the pool and kind of run back, which was uh, pretty awesome. But uh, not a great deal at this stage because really, I mean, my feeling is that what I need to kind of work on and develop, first of all, is a little bit more of a, a strength base. Uh, so last week, actually, we, um, we tested out uh, my strength doing what one of our super session assessments that we do at the clinic there where we use a lot of the assessment technology that we have to be able to identify I guess a lot of the um, deficiencies the discrepancies the imbalances uh, that people might have physically that it can obviously predispose with the repetitive nature of running and so interestingly kind of interestingly I mean I kind of knew I was going to get these results but huge weaknesses I have on my left side, uh, as well as then some kind of restrictions and some limitations in some of the key flexibility points in through the lower limb. Um, and so I've really been focusing, and, and my thought is at the moment, is to kind of use this preparation time, I guess, to build uh, up on some of that and so start to address some of those issues while trying to build my capacity mm. up from a strength standpoint, but then trying to just introduce, I guess, some of the more higher impact uh, loading in short forms of, of running just to, I guess, start to harden up some of the tissues and prepare them a little bit more. That, yeah, so that succincted brilliantly as well. So often we've got an expert here who the amount of runners and triathletes that me and Lemo have shared, often for the case of not preparing properly before they got, or just overloading too quickly. He's obviously acutely aware, as he mentioned, about not building up too quickly and if any listener listened to me and Kingy talk a few episodes back about the basics before you start a heavy running program, which is why I really was keen to get Lemo on before he started running seriously, that is key. Now these guys in this area of the world especially changed the game a bit uh, five or six years ago with the way they started really assessing patients and they helped me significantly with a lot of my athletes to the point of I introduced it in all my S&C programs with well over 200 athletes and I tell you what, the injury rate decreased significantly, like ridiculously amount and it's so noticeable, not just for me, but my athletes, they say, like we've, if we're in the injury room or the rehab room, never, so they might get some treatment of these guys every now and then just to touch base. But Lemo, I guess, summed it up perfectly. He's an expert in the field, but he's still got extreme weaknesses or discrepancies on his left side. With your mobility, was it the lower limbs? So you're talking ankle ankle issues on. So that was basic the movement assessment tool, yep. the basic stuff like that. Yeah. So yep. we did uh, we did some assessment using the movement assessment tool, which is really just a tool that we designed to be able to specifically assess uh, a lot of flexibility, balance, control, as well as maybe some power based activities. And yeah, the big finding, which we, I knew it was there, but I hadn't tested myself on it for a while, and I was actually surprised that some of the results, which are maybe a little bit worse than I've 
previously had, uh, you know, particularly around the foot and the ankle. So I've always had maybe a bit of a discrepancy from side to side, but it's actually one that's crept out into what we call a, um, a clinically relevant number. So we know from the research that certain numbers, if uh, someone's falling within those ranges, then often that's something that might be clinically relevant in the presentation. Now, I don't have any pain right now, you know, because I haven't obviously built up a, an extensive amount of volume that would maybe uh, turn those discrepancies or those issues into something that might be uh, causing of, of an injury or some type of repetitive stress issue. But certainly from those findings, that was one thing that was really interesting. But the one that was actually um, the most fascinating was when we do a, a balance reach assessment, which is one that we commonly perform um, using that, which is a really great assessment for a general lower limb health and function. I was absolutely way out, uh, particularly on the, um, the left versus the, the right, you know, to the point where it was almost probably 15, 20%. Now, usually anything greater than, uh, or, you know, greater than 5% is, uh, is kind of a, a cause for concern. And with that, I want you to, I know it's, this is generalizing, but your discrepancies, because this is what listeners will probably be able to resonate with, your discrepancies that you just mentioned, mobility, balance, and even that lack of strength mm. on that left side, which was performed on a leg press, leg extension, hamstring curve? Yeah, so we did we did a, an isolated testing through some of that machinery, as well as we use a lot of um, strength testing equipment that can... Uh, so force use, plates. Yeah, yep. force plates, and, and utilising other technology and hardware that specifically measures, I guess, where some of those discrepancies might be. And yeah, just a massive difference, a 40% difference on my, uh, wow. on my left side. So. so with that, the 40% difference, the 20% difference on the balance, can you tell the listeners, if you were to be blind to all this knowledge, and you started on a program, let's just say I designed you up a 10-week prep and a 16-week specific phase, what you reckon, what would be the main two or three issues you'd have from it? How would they present on an injury sense? Well, I reckon the, the first thing that always happens is, particularly when it comes to running, is it's always an overloading-based thing. I mean, if we look at what the common running injuries are, they're usually tendon-based issues. So, you know, that could be a, a plantar fascia type issue. It could be an Achilles tendon type issue. It could be a patella tendon issue. Maybe an, an iliotibial band, IT band type issue, or maybe even through the hip through there. And often they're probably some of the, the go-to ones that are repetitive stress type um, problems. The other ones, of course, are, uh, you know, there's patella femoral type pain, so where the kneecap joint uh, becomes inflamed and irritated. And then, of course, then we can have a whole host of different things. But really, I mean, the, the reason why that occurs is always the same. When we run, there are really high levels of force that go through the body and have to be absorbed or, uh, you know, transferred through there uh, so that they can be they can be tolerated. Now, when we go to the research, you know, often that can be two, three, sometimes even four times body weight worth of force. Now, I weigh in at about 78 kilos or so, but let's round it up to 80. So, if I'm running along, there's probably a fair chance that I'm dealing with 160 to 240 kilos worth of force mm. that has to go somewhere. Now, if it can't go into the muscles and it can't go into the tendons and the ligaments and the other tissues, then it has to go somewhere else. And that's where, you know, potentially those joints or potentially those tendons or, or those ligaments often get overloaded or something just becomes... Uh, there's too much stress and strain for what it can tolerate, and that's where those issues arise. So given the fact that I am you know, actually quite imbalanced in yeah. terms of my strength, and that, and that left side in particular is quite deficient, you know, there's two scenarios that often play out. Now, often you would often think, I guess, that the, str uh, that the weaker side 
is the one that's going to, to be definitely the one where you're going to develop those issues. So it's a weaker side. It definitely doesn't have the capacity to tolerate those forces that go through it. But sometimes it can actually be the flip side as well. Sometimes it's actually the stronger side that you end up, uh, you know, and this is where we also need to do a bit of analysis of, of running technique. Uh, we use some of the Dorset V technology to be able to kind of assess that a little bit more. But sometimes as well, for some individuals, their compensations, because they are stronger on one side, almost means they kind of run a bit more through that side. And then often that can be the side that gets overloaded as well. So I think for me, I think the risk factors are probably, you know, uh, it, it probably is on that weaker side. And it's probably in the past, it's been often, uh, you know, kind of, um, actually adductor kind of issues and as well as kind of uh, hip issues but before because that's where the majority of the weakness is for, for me yeah. yeah so like Lemo's just mentioned the, the big six or seven running injuries quote unquote um, distance running injuries from I guess 1500 up uh, team sport guys and guys that move in different planes or athletes are moving different planes obviously um, there's other stuff at play but anything like this in the sagittal plane like and he's running, Lemo's going to very soon spike his volume like 5,000% from what it was even eight weeks ago. So he's just building up very, very slowly. But you can see how people fall into the trap of ongoing patellofemoral, ongoing Achilles tendinopathy and all these kind of things because basics aren't done right. So Lemo, just doing the basics right now, puts himself on a four to six week quite intense strength program, I can imagine. Uh, I'd be surmising, but yes. Yep. And then a little bit of extra mobility because now he's got a plan. Now he's got a goal. Now you can see why this time of year in Victoria and Australia in general, we've got um, three big races coming up in the next five months. And you can see why I'm so passionate about making sure every single person's on a structured plan because I can't stand to have people guessing for one and and just thinking they're going to go with the flow. So someone like Lemo's the king of plan, and he knows that he's got a plan four to six weeks before he even starts picking his mileage up. The running will come secondary for this kind of thing because the hardest thing about getting to a marathon is actually getting to the start line. So there's no point Lemo building his base up and in July feeling like a million bucks and then gets it. The way it usually works is you get a bit of a niggle. Mm. You feel okay to run through it for a bit. Then it becomes all empowering and, and totally engrossing and you, just, you can't even, you can only get out of bed some days. So we want to make sure we avoid that because he'd look pretty shit ass. It was his company and he's, he's got an overuse injury, wouldn't it, buddy? Mate, it's, that, that isn't my concern at all. As you know, I'm 100% set on be- winning this marathon okay. and beating... Do you want to talk about, have you spoken about times with the, what's, what's, it, what's the young fellow's name? <sighs> his, name his name's Lockie, yeah. G'day, we Lockie. Uh, have we yeah, spoken about Oh, times? look, we haven't, we haven't spoken about times. Look, my, I, my auntie, actually, a very experienced marathon runner, and I was having a chat with her uh, the other day, and she said, if you don't run under four, four hours, you might as well have not even shown up. So that's that was probably, you know, once again, family members she's only, involved. Yeah, she's only been facetious for those listeners. It's She's only having a dig at Andrew and Lockie. There's no... No, absolutely no shame at all in running over four hours. He's laughing as we're saying this. Believe me, we've always said, and all the elites will tell you, that running over four hours is probably physically and mentally a shitload tougher anyway. So Lemo is there, obviously got a bit of rivalry in the family. I like it. So she's obviously a very good runner herself. Very, very good. We never normally talk about times in this kind of Mm. a podcast, especially when it's talking about injury prevention. But 
I, I just wanted to get a bit of a gauge on him on Lemos and Lockie's rivalry, and I get the feeling this is that it is got a little bit of spice about it. Now I reckon we should make it a bit more interesting and put a genuine bet on like some form of shaming bet or something. Ooh, well, I mean that could be that could be the next level. And look, you know, I mean Lockie's a good sport. I reckon he'd be up for it as well. So, he, so he's listening to this, possibly, hopefully, hopefully everyone is. He's obviously getting all your all your IP. Yeah, well, look... Has I, he been following your IP? Well, look, I feel like this kind of, you know, I mean, as I said, I've got a lot of resources at my disposal. <laughs> I could, you know, potentially use those in secret and, you know, maybe <laughs> it makes it unfair. I, look, you know, I mean, the point is I put all this stuff out there because that way it evens the playing field and really then the there, there can only be one winner and that winner is whoever is actually the strongest and the most capable. I like it. I do like it. So back to... Lemo's running journey. So I've got a very easy case because Lemo knows, especially about biomechanics, he's, he's forgotten more than we all know. But now I start to build him and I actually get a pretty a pretty good clean canvas because he's, he's doing his strength work. So I know when he actually comes to see me for some basic planning, someone like Lemo who's got a really good base in running but might have had a three or four year hiatus and if you're listening at home, I would certainly suggest building up the volume very slowly, and that's pretty basic, I know. But you might decide to like have a little micro-cycle of just seven-day cycles and just say, literally Monday to Sunday, and you, I would definitely get breathless once a week in there. It doesn't have to be too high intensity. So for someone like Lemo in his first eight weeks, we might have him running no more than, no more than two hours a week, literally. So it's more about minutes than miles at the moment, especially in that first phase. So you might... You mentioned they might be doing three runs and a couple of, uh, maybe three half an hour runs, basic stuff for someone like Lemo. And the middle the middle part of the week, we often have beginners obviously come into running, so we'll build them up, but we'll treat them more like tempo sessions, okay? So they might be with us in the big groups, but they will definitely be one a week or just be tempo, literally. So they'll still get a lot of stimulus out of that. They'll still get breathless and uncomfortable. They'll definitely adapt, but there's not, there's not the point where we're not hitting near that point of diminishing returns where we could get injured just from running quicker than we're ready to. So someone like Lemo, let's use him as an example. Let's say he's got to train on his own the whole time. He'll do an, an easy 30-minute run, and then he might do an easy progressive run. This is in his base phase where he might just pick it up on feel every every five or six minutes. And that's a good feeling for confidence psychologically. Physiologically, we're tapping on all the factors we want to tap on. So if you say 30-minute run around the block or whatever, in six minutes, I generally pick it up. So he might start out at something like six-minute Ks, and end up at closer to four by the end. So building up his confidence, touching on every energy system, biomechanically, he's really changing strides and changing paces. So he's hopefully running a pretty similar cadence the whole way, but he's really putting his tissue under stress like he spoke about earlier. And then the, the last run of the week in that base phase, so the first eight weeks before we even touch on program, we'll start to build his running up on the weekend from 30 minutes, closer to an hour. Mm. Before we even touch on his 16-week program that we're going to commence, so often I work in 16 or 20-week blocks the last four or five months before a marathon. Depends on how much time. You'd be surprised how many times people are giving me eight weeks. Mm. <laughs> but they, but hey, you, you can only advise the best you can. Yeah. And, and as you know, mate, um, then most people that have got their hearts set on something want to do it anyway. I usually suggest at least six months, and that's minimum, to... To at least get, I love sending people as you do to a start line feeling really confident. Mm. There's always going to be a little bit of nerves, but you want to be confident in what you. And I want to feel good about it. I don't want to. I don't want to be nervous for them. So someone like Lemo, we've got plenty of time. 
So then that eight weeks, listeners, if you build it up for an hour on the Saturdays, which someone as fit as this, it'll come back really quick. And if it's taking longer to get used, you just give yourself longer before you start. Because again, it's not about building up to 25, 30K in this initial phase. The breathlessness is gold because they both help each other. So a 60-minute easy run for Lemo is really going to complement that progressive tempo run and vice versa. So say they do come into runners here, they really are building up that engine, okay, building up that ability to tolerate, building up that buffer of lactate and, of course, improving VO2. Running economy, like what, what Lemo's talking about in the weights room, help, it significantly helps running economy, which I still think is the most important variable. But then the other thing that helps running economy is actually running because it is a skill. Lemo's a very big golfer and he's worked with a lot of very, very uh, good golfers. Running as much as people would scoff is as much as a skill as, mm. as playing golf. Probably not as anger-inducing. Maybe, maybe not. I feel a lot better after I run than if I play golf and break a club. This is very true. But it's funny, actually, you draw that analogy because I say that uh, quite often to a lot of our runners is that, you know, I mean, no one teaches you how to run often in the same way that no one really teaches you how to swing a golf club for the first time. There is, though, I guess, some fundamentals in terms of technique and the skill that's involved that apply in the same way, just in the same way that you could swing a golf club any old way. And there's some people who swing it pretty ugly, including myself, who uh, maybe do so effectively. Modesty uh, is false, no, no, it's, it's no good. But the um, but the the point is though that there are some, there are some key kind of parts of that skills, key parts of that technique that will get you there in a more efficient and more, I guess, powerful and, and a higher performing way. And I guess the same is true for running. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with running, like, so this is one of my big passions because I, I love, as, at, as, at the end of the day, as a coach, you look at the variables that can improve your athlete um, as a human, obviously, and as an athlete. So those are the two things we really look at every day, all day. Running economy is hugely underrated. I don't think it's as underrated as it was mm. when I first started 15 years ago, but geez, it's, it's underrated still. And you look at all the best in the world and even the best age groupers and even the best runners out on, on Beach Road in Melbourne and efficiency is crucial. And I tell you what, um, even if the VO2 lacks a bit or the work capacity lacks a bit, as long as you're efficient and you've got quite good aerobic capacity, mm. you can usually get through mm. these kind of events mm. quite well, mm. probably better than most. Your 5K time has to really work, and that's what we work on, a lot of your 5 and 10K times as a rule, and then all the long capacity I program outside. But someone like Lemo is quite fit, and we've got to make sure we build it up properly because his only problem will be breaking. Yeah. And he, we're not going to let him break because well, hopefully we've got the resources at our disposal. But at the end of the day, sometimes you can't help that either. But with Lemo and his running, that's what we want to build up the next eight weeks. We're going to get Lemo back on in the next couple of months to um, to tell us how he's going. We'll probably get him in his prep phase. I don't even want to talk about the last four or five months yet because um, that's, pretty, that's pretty specific. And I think a lot of marathoners coming up to... Well, obviously the Europeans have got London coming up so there's a pretty couple of big and Tokyo next week so there's a couple of big not that it's in Europe but there's a couple of big majors coming up um, that hopefully you guys are ready for um, I doubt I'd be getting any programs for London because it's literally two and a half months away Lemo will get back on in the next six weeks and tell us how he's going before we get off mate the, le- the next three or four weeks have you got any tips just for the listeners if they're on a similar path to you let's just say Currently, we don't like to date this, but currently we are in about to start February 2019. So we are 
we are eight and a half months away from race day. You, there there's could be many listeners, especially mm. in, in this great state of ours. Is there any tips for you from the great Andrew Lemon for you listeners at home that are thinking, oh, I possibly might, I possibly won't. It all seems too hard. Well, look, I think, I think for me, I mean, my let's come back to just like the simple reasons as to why we're doing it as well. I mean, as we kind of talked about, uh, the last few years have been pretty busy. And it's probably been a time where, look, there's been, you know, great progress and ambition and, and achievement, you know, from a work standpoint. But that's just one part of my life. And so for me, the other reason, apart from wanting to beat my future brother-in-law, beat the absolute stuffing out of him I may have, the other reason was I felt like I really needed to set myself a reason to get back on track with some of my own health and fitness. You know, it's kind of starting to get a little bit older now. They're probably starting to notice a few things I used to get away with in terms of, you know, eating and diet and kind of health and fitness that I'm not getting away with as well uh, as I used to. And so, you know, for me, it's really a case of having that long-term goal, having a great reason to actually implement this plan. Uh, because I think, I think unless, you know, you actually have that, that finish line in sight, I guess, as you say. I mean, there's not really a great reason to, to put in that little bit extra and to, you know, kind of get up that little bit earlier, maybe, you know, get yourself a little bit more uncomfortable and things like that. Otherwise, it is very easy to go through the motions, which is what I've done, uh, you know, for the last kind of three or four years. I, that's, a, that's a great way to finish this particular startup with Lemo because there'll be many, many people listening to this that are just as busy, they might not be in business, might be totally different, like working... Working mums, there's 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 people that are flat out everywhere, and it's very easy to get in a rut. But once you get some structure around you that enables you to find some purpose, and it doesn't have to be a marathon because this is quite excessive, but it's doable, very doable for anyone out there with the right help. All it takes is a few weeks, and so well, the difference from day to day is the biggest thing. Uh, Lemo's productivity, hopefully at work, has gone right up, and. Just being, even if it's subconsciously, in a better spot, okay? Because there's no way he, uh, Lemo could have continued to go on the way he was going in a work sense without something for himself. At least this thing is for yourself, as much as it, it's uncomfortable. There's no better feeling in the world than getting uncomfortable, though, like breathless or any in any setting, because it's going to make you a better person. So I feel like this is really massive, and that's why I was stoked when um, Lemo put a, the time aside to actually train for this. So I was really proud of him, but also... Because I reckon there's a lot of listeners in, in various boats that could really take a leaf. And hopefully, if you listen to this in the next week or two or three, you can really say, oh, I'm going to jump on board and do exactly what Andy's doing. You can see all his strength stuff on Injury Rehab Centre. Is that yeah, correct? we'll be posting everything on the, uh, on the clinic social media platforms, which is Injury Rehab uh, Centre, or you can go to injuryrehab.com.au. We put a, we'll put a link up to both those and the, the, uh, Matt, the MAT on, yep. the, um, on the show notes, listeners. But we have got Lemo on, but you won't be the last time you hear from him on Coach's Corner. I'll give you the tip. We will endeavour to get him in the best shape of his life, but at the moment we're just building the foundation, which is so, so important. This has been Runners Radio. I implore you to do something today that's going to make you better tomorrow. Until next time.